Welcome to episode 128 of The Ed Show. Coming up a little later on, we're going to be taking a look at a whole bunch of identity stuff inside of our interview. But before we get there, first off, it's time for the news. First off is the news, joined by Simon and Simon, of course. So first article we have is an upcoming jumpstart, December 10th, where we're going to be taking a look at open source best practices around DevOps. So DevOps, as you probably know, is one of these emerging trends, helping increase agility between our development team and our operational team that actually runs those applications. So this jumpstart, led by our own fellow teammate David Tassar with Ross Gartler, is really going to take a look at all the different tools and techniques you can take advantage of to really get started with DevOps, get up and running, figure out the best practices, how to take advantage of open source within your own data center. And again, that's going to be a live event on December 10th. We've also just released another jumpstart. This is a pre-recorded one that's now available on demand, and this is on modernizing your data center. So with this one, we essentially focus on how to go and upgrade and migrate from your Windows Server 2003 environment to the latest and greatest version of Windows Server. As many of you know, Windows Server support is going to be expiring on July 14th, 2015. So you want to go through this course and understand all of these best practices about why to move, how to move, and they're moving different types of applications over to this new platform. What's in Windows 10 world? Well, one of the things that uh, we announced recently on the Windows for Business blog is that we're going to be making some changes to the Windows 10 store. It's going to allow you to do things like create uh, your own kind of store within a store just for your business apps, your line of business apps, and your curated Windows Store apps within the public Windows 10 store. The only people that are going to be able to get hold of those apps inside of that store are going to be your users that you're allowing in through Azure Active Directory. It's a whole bunch of information on uh, the Windows for Business blog by Michael Niehaus on exactly how all of that's going to come together. But pretty cool stuff, especially when you combine some of the changes that we're putting in place around volume purchasing of Windows Store applications as well. Cool stuff. Very nice. Now, we've also made some uh, recent news around the Surface 3. Mm -hmm. Lufthansa Airlines and Austrian Airlines have both agreed to adopt Surface 3 for all of their pilots starting next year. So as we've seen, Surface mm -hmm. 3 has really kind of gained a lot of momentum in commercial space yeah. across major sports teams, news agencies, and in these real-world applications. As people are finding such as these pilots, they get the same benefits of the laptop. They get to go paperless in their airplanes, reducing fuel costs, taking advantage of all of these great capabilities of the Surface Pro. And one of the newest enhancements as well, we've even been working with the OEM that provides the connection between the Surface 3 to the actual cockpit itself. So the Surface 3 can now be used to actually collect and analyze live airplane data by the pilot himself sitting right in the cockpit. So another great use of the Surface 3 here, really seeing how we can uh, see it replace traditional laptops. Cool, and uh, making it a little bit more of a, uh, an identity-themed episode um, this time. Um, I've had a look at uh, the blog, and we've actually announced uh, the um, public preview of Identity Manager, um, MIM, as we're currently calling it. Oh, I like that acronym. Yeah, it's kind of nice. There's actually tons of different acronyms built into the... Um, Reminds uh, me of my heavy metal days, NIM. Yeah, yeah no, not 90s skills, MIM. Yeah, MIM. Yeah, definitely MIM. Um, this is the, uh, the replacement for Forefront Identity Manager, Microsoft Identity Manager. And it's going to allow us to do some really cool things around identity. Things like um, just-in-time password management or privileged access management. Really, really useful set of features that allow us to elevate just for a very period of time, get the job done, and then take away 
the credentials. It does that by creating a separate, separate Active Directory forest in order to be able to create those um, groups inside of it. So it really does segregate part of the information. There's a whole load of other really cool stuff inside of that preview um, that are well worth taking a look at. Things like uh, how we work with hybrid identity, so working with on-prem identity and identity that lives in the cloud, and a whole bunch of other stuff that's been added in um, that's well worth taking a look at. Really, really detailed blog post on it. But that's not all around identity. We actually have a partner announcement as well coming from EMC's RSA team. Could you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so RSA, um, as you guys probably know, make all of those uh, nice little fobs that uh, we're all used to that have those um, little codes on them that allow us to do uh, multi-factor authentication. So we can take uh, our computer, we can sign in with our username and our password, and then we have a second factor, which is that RSA fob. Well, actually, RSA have made it so that um, They've integrated with ADFS on-premises, so we can take an on-prem ADFS server, running Windows Server 2012 R2, add RSA's um, agent, the secure ID agent, and then we can use that as part of our authentication factors for ADFS. So it's kind of a cool way of uh, being able to approach that situation. Loads of folks out there already have loads of investment in RSA's um, FOB technology, so um, really cool stuff to be able to, uh, to add in as an additional factor of auth for your on-prem workloads. But that's not all around identity, right? What's our topic of the day? Yeah, here? so the topic of the day, the interview, um, was an uh, interview that I recorded when we were down at TechEd Europe, and it's with, uh, with Adam from uh, the Windows, uh, sorry, from the um, marketing team from CNE that actually look at identity inside of our organizations and how we kind of think people are going to be evolving and moving forward. So we're going to take a watch of uh, that interview right now. Hello, and welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to be talking to Adam Bresson, who is one of our senior product marketing managers from the identity team uh, here inside of Microsoft. We're here at TechEd, and uh, one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about is exactly what we're doing with identity, some of the changes that are going on inside of the identity space. So I thought it'd be cool to take some time, talk to Adam for a while around what's happening inside of his space around identity. The first thing that I want to ask you, though, Adam, is around um, identity management and what we're doing there. We've got some things that we didn't really kind of announce, but there's some good information going on. I think there's an opportunity to look at uh, the uh, cloud-based identity and on-premise identity as coalescing. So the hybrid scenario is really about bringing together the self-service options, bringing together ready for the cloud, and bringing together uh, the privileged access management, both on-premise and also in Azure Active Directory Premium. I like the, that term coalescing is a really nice way of actually describing yeah. that. Uh, what kind of things are we specifically doing to, to help these things to coalesce? That's a really good question. Um, we're, we're looking at uh, new investments in Identity Manager, which is renamed Microsoft Identity Manager. And that new investment is around privilege access management and extension of security that's mm -hmm. in Active Directory today. Uh, we're looking at... Uh, easing the transition for identity to the cloud today with Azure Active Directory Connect and putting together the common on-premise identity uh, and extending it out for software as a service and other options that you have in uh, Azure as a whole. So in what, what in, for folks that don't necessarily know, what kind of ways can we extend that, that identity out into those software as a service areas? That's a, also a really good question. So. On-premise today with Identity Manager or Active Directory, you're looking at putting identities uh, that enable access scenarios, profi Windows profiles and other access scenarios, 
extending that out to the cloud means enabling software as a service applications, uh, custom SDKs, adding additional factors of authentication with uh, Azure Active Directory and Azure Active Directory uh, multi-factor authentication, and trying to put that together to increase the security, but still use that on-premise identity to enable those scenarios. Because that's the information that people most know. They yeah. know what their, their on-premises identity is. They know how to sign into Active Directory when they sign into Windows. Mm -hmm. And it's about extending that out into to multiple locations. And yeah, and actually, identity information, when you look at it, is much more than just that username and password. Think about today when we sign on to a banking application, it's asking us our favorite uh, you know, car, or those questions that identify you. That's also identity information, and that's featured in Active Directory. It's captured. It uh, may be part of the security that an end user is comfortable with or familiar with, and using that familiarity to extend the security, both hybrid and in the cloud. So. We're obviously going to make some uh, some changes to the way that identity manager is working. We've kind of announced a few things over over quite a lot of time. What kind of things is identity manager going to move into doing? Um, we we have some extensions that begin with Active Directory. So uh, there have been a couple of conversations uh, in different talks at the show about adding time-based groups to Active Directory. Okay. Those time-based groups can be used for uh, just-in-time admin and other uses as well. Um, so it starts with Active Directory, then it actually moves to Identity Manager. Identity Manager manages and automates that kind of just-in-time experience for admins and other types of uh, accounts. We're looking at just-in-time admin. We're looking at a modernization of Identity Manager. So bringing together the standards that are supported today for uh, certificate management, modern LDAP, a modern uh, application for virtual smart card management. That's part of Identity Manager. And then taking a look at enabling REST-based APIs as much as possible that dig into Identity Manager, allow that customization. So uh, before when it was template-based, XML template-based, um, it was a little bit harder to cu customize. Now we're looking at making it more flexible to match the work environments that Identity Managers used in. Cool. So it's going to be. We, I, I really like the idea of being able to do a little bit of um, just-in-time management because that can really help us in kind of post-Snowden world type type of scenarios. So we have to, I guess, start thinking about how we can just have somebody as an admin for just enough time. Yes. And then we can start to move on from there. It's cool that we're. we're well, it's that really stuff. a new way of looking at administration when mm. you look at it. Um, you know, Active Directory, uh, the the client side has been a vector of security and breaches and attacks. And we're trying to protect the client. So if you look at user access control, mm -hmm. that's our opportunity to really protect the client side. With Active Directory, just-in-time administration allows us to protect Active Directory at that level where we're storing our users, devices, and other information that's unique to identity. And so with just-in-time, it's, it's really about um, enabling administrative access for only a period of time that's auditable, uh, that's repeatable, and automated in a way with uh, Identity Manager that in enables that kind of advanced security for Active Directory. Cool. So it's a, there's a, it sounds like there's a, a big ton of stuff going on in there. Whereabouts else is there inside of the, um, inside of the identity space that we're moving forward at the moment? Mm. 
outside of the identity space? Uh, sorry, inside of identity, oh, okay. but not just around identity access, man about identity manager. There's, there's a whole lot of other stuff that we're doing as well. Yeah, I think um, when you look at identity manager, uh, there have been several major investments in it. There has been a reporting investment in FIM 2010 R2, mm -hmm. um, the opportunity to create meaningful and easy reports out of uh, identity management. In FIM 2010, uh, you're looking at certificates and you're looking at um, you know, improving the workflows and standards-based sync and connectors for Identity Manager. Now we're kind of moving beyond that and we're realizing how important certificate management really is. Mm -hmm. And certificate management um, is an additional set of credentials that both enables administrative experiences, but also enables the end user. And um, as we look at uh, authentication, I think you're going to see a 50-50, maybe 60-40 split in favor of multi-factor authentication. And that's really important. So we wanted to tune Identity Manager to uh, take advantage of those scenarios. Yeah, because multi-factor is, is actually becoming a very, very big thing. And we're going to push much more for support around um, putting multi-factor in place because passwords just are not good enough. And I think we're, we're kind of all realizing that right now. Absolutely. And if you saw Joe Belfiore's uh, uh, keynote, he was talking about the ease of implementing in Windows 10 mm -hmm. additional factors of authentication. That ease of, uh, of adapting to an additional security method should be standard. Yeah. And most organizations are looking for an easy way to do that that moves beyond certificate services and finds an automated end-to-end -end life cycle to accomplish that. Yeah, every time I talk to a customer and I kind of show them what we can do with multi-factor today, um, just with, say, Azure MFA, that, right. they, they kind of look at that and they go, huh, wow, I, I didn't know it was going to be that simple. Yeah. Uh, well, we have the opportunity now in uh, the password management, password reset mm -hmm. uh, activity within Identity Manager to directly integrate a multi-factor authentication in Azure MFA. And that's a real advantage. It's not a set of additions or a code. The opportunity in the uh, uh, upcoming um, public preview will be to directly implement that with your self-service password reset. And that's a great opportunity because... The, the ease of device-based authentication, enabling your profile on uh, the network, really kind of transforms the, the security experience for an end user. So. Yeah. yeah, I think we've just got to, as, as an industry, we have to make it easier for people to be able to do multi-factor right. because overall it makes things more secure. As, as an actual enterprise, you really have to start enabling this stuff so that people can go away and actually stop having to rely just solely on a password because they're too easy to lose. Well, the, the password's old. I mean, if you yeah. look at it, right, you have the password on a post-it note. Uh, yeah. The joke in the, in the office was that all the passwords are written for every account mm -hmm. right on a post-it note, right on the monitor. And I, I don't think that passwords, um, because of the uh, frequency of use, are inherently a, a weak point but I think the idea that you have to use a password mm -hmm. and you can't use your device or you can't use your familiar interface is a weak point. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to implement multi-factor authentication changes that. Yeah. And so whether it's self-service password reset, log on to Windows, or other advanced implementations of it, that multi-factor authentication will follow you. And it will increase the security right off the bat for those experiences. Yeah, it's going to be a much better place to be, I think. One of the things that we saw inside of um, 
the sort of the keynote here at TechEd was actually that um, that we did the, the four clicks yeah. to set up a connection between uh, on-premises Active Directory and Azure AD. Mm -hmm. That is a really cool demo to be able to do it in four clicks, but I know that that wizard can do a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the hybrid experience, most uh, IT administrators are used to managing the identity either in Active Directory or an identity manager on-premise today. Mm -hmm. But they want to enable scenarios that are cloud-based. Yeah. And so when you look at applications that are available on the web or custom applications also that you want to integrate, uh, there needs to be that connection between on-premise and the cloud, but it needs to be secure and it needs to feature the right information mm -hmm. that enables those experiences. So I look at it a lot like... Uh, I look at it a lot like the opportunity to create new scenarios that are cloud-based for authentication mm -hmm. while still preserving that important information, that level of security that you have on-premise. And uh, during the keynote, when Julia showed Azure Active Directory Connect, mm -hmm. um, you saw how easy it was to implement it. That ease of use is also belies a uh, customization that you can do on the back end at the attribute level, at the transformation level for synchronization. And I think that's really important because the same concepts that you're using on-premise with something like Identity Manager and synchronization, you're able to use those to uh, move cloud, uh, move identity into the cloud. Yeah, and that, and that was a, the, the Azure AD Connect Wizard is, is pretty cool because it doesn't just go and connect you up to Azure AD. It'll actually go and deploy the, a full ADFS farm including all the proxies, set everything up for you end-to-end -end, if that's what you want it to do. Absolutely, and federation is one aspect of it that's really interesting. There are authentication scenarios, there are conditional access scenarios that really utilize Active Directory federation services. Then there are simple, straightforward authentication scenarios. Then there are more complex custom scenarios, and all of those are supported by AD Sync and Azure Active Directory Connect. It's a... It's kind of cool in that we can actually support everything from one single wizard. I know that the, uh, that the team have been working really, really hard to make that possible over, um, over quite some time. So uh, it's a huge amount of kudos to those guys for doing it. And it really does change the way that people are going to be able to go and deploy this. One of the biggest problems with um, ADFS deployment has been it's taken quite a long time to go through that setup process. And this just makes it That's so a true. And it, with ADFS, um, there are challenges around high availability. There are... Um, uh, configuration uh, reference points that you want to really leverage in order to accomplish that proxy-based authentication. Yeah. When you look at that coming together, um, and it depends what your what your outcome you desire is. Yeah. Your outcome is to enable cloud-based authentication. Your outcome is to connect to on-premise identity for your SAML applications. All of those are supported by federation, and I think. One of the aspects of ADFS that's often uh, maybe de-emphasized mm -hmm. is the flexibility of the deployment. Yeah. And so to bring that together with Azure Active Directory Connect and enable that flexible deployment very powerfully is really an advancement. And the team has been working really hard on it. And their vision is to have one synchronization tool that connects out safely and securely to Azure Active Directory. And so we're in support of that with Identity Manager and we'll continue to enable those scenarios down the line. Yeah, and one of the things you just mentioned there about um, 
specifically around um, Azure AD Sync, right. is actually that we've got some really nice little checkboxes inside of that setup as well. Yeah. The ability to say, this application is going to be the one that I want to use, and I don't want all of my attributes that I don't necessarily need for the applications I'm running to be synchronized. That came in, that, that GA'd a few weeks ago. It's a fantastic idea to just be able to do that and just go, yep, I want everything or I don't want these things. Because particularly when we're in areas like Europe, is a really good example, people are a little bit more cautious right. around what they're going to be doing there. So it, it makes them question a little bit more. It's very nice that we have that ability to, to go through. Yeah, that flexibility for sure is really important. Um, you look at the innovations that we've announced at uh, TechEd right now for Azure Active Directory Sync, and Azure Active Directory Connect, looking at the user device and group right back mm -hmm. in preview right now. And you see the flexibility that the platform enables. But you're right, there are compliance issues that we have to really be aware of. Yeah. And uh, since Microsoft really is a global provider of identity and identity management, those kinds of considerations, compliance and otherwise, definitely come into play. Um, I, I, I actually recall when we were looking at the case studies for Identity Manager, a multinational corporation, um, they had a plan for what attributes they wanted to synchronize, but that plan was actually amended when they looked at the compliance and article requirements that they had. Yeah, And that's really important to have that flexibility. Yeah, it's one of those things that you, you really do need to put some time in, do this as part of your design, think about it, really, really go there. You mentioned also um, compliance. Compliance and auditing kind of end up going hand in hand. Yes. And just a couple of weeks ago, um, we put, in fact, last week, I think it was, we put um, into public preview um, auditing inside of Azure AD as well. Mm -hmm. So full auditing of tons of information inside of Azure AD just starts to now bubble up to the IT admin, which is mm -hmm. kind of nice, something that I know customers were asking us for for a long time. Well, I think the opportunity to have cloud-based identity and that extension of the on-premise identity means that from end to end, you have to have that compliance scenario. Yeah. Um, you also look at it from a governance perspective. How easily can you pull out that information about your authentication, your applications, the usage of a, a, an end user's identity? And it becomes a scenario where um, the, the, the power is with the IT admin, the IT pro. And I think that Azure Active Directory Connect, and I think that uh, Microsoft Identity Manager as we move forward, will start to coalesce in that way. And you'll start to see those connections become stronger. You'll start to see the customization be available. And it, when we're looking at the next version of Identity Manager, we're looking at hybrid reporting in addition to that hybrid connectivity between on-premise directory and the cloud. It's going to make some interesting new scenarios available yeah. to everybody, I think, when we start to start to see these things land into, into preview. So. Well, you know, we, we actually see uh, no barrier to moving identity in the cloud for a core set of users uh, developing over a very short period of time. You look at uh, Azure uh, Active Directory's deployment, um, you look at the ability to extend out those attributes and those customizations into, uh, you know, a multi-forced scenario, and those are accelerating for the cloud. So Azure Active Directory and Azure Active Directory Premium become the place to start to use those customizations and use 
those opportunities to enable new scenarios that you're looking at for applications. And it's, it's happening much faster than that ad adoption for customization for Active Directory did on-premise. It's expected in the cloud, and we're adapting to, to make that more functional. Yeah, it's one of those things that I, every time I have a customer conversation, I kind of go through this, and we both work on mobility all the time. Mm -hmm. Essentially, in a mobile world, devices expect to have a slightly different authentication method. And it tends to be That's true. this, I always expect, I explain this as being a, a restful authentication. Right. Because you, you don't necessarily have the ability to do everything um, in a synchronous fashion. So it, you have to start thinking slightly differently about authentication when you start thinking about mobility as well. And that's exactly the kind of things that we're enabling. And it's probably one of the biggest reasons that we're seeing uh, so many users jump on board with Azure AD. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're looking at identity being used for the user, for devices, for apps, and for data. And you look at that identity information moving outside of just I'm going to log on to my Windows PC, mm -hmm. and you look at that device. And the device is expected to have the uh, mobility and customization the user expects from their Windows device as well. And then you look at applications. And when you go to applications, uh, you, you're really looking at those apps that the user uses to be productive, mm -hmm. extending that identity through. So for example, with Office 365 and Office 2013, you have your Office profile as part of your experience and productivity. And then lastly, uh, when you look at the data, and you're really trying to approach um, uh, that ubiquitous personalization, I want my file available anywhere. That's a mobile device, that's a tablet, that's a Windows-based PC, and you can accomplish that only by unifying that identity. So that's why it's so important to look at both uh, the on-premise, the hybrid, and the cloud for identity. Yeah, it's, it's all kind of just yeah. coming together at this point, isn't it? Sure. Very, very cool. Adam, thank you very much for joining me. I think we've, uh, we've had a great chat around our Thank uh, you very much. I appreciate it. That's quite all right. Um, we're going to come back um, a little bit later with uh, some more stuff, but um, hopefully that's it. Thank you very much. And we're back. Well, that was actually a pretty interesting mm. interview. You know, I don't have a lot of uh, Active Directory experience myself, but I guess what I really kind of found there is you sign in in a single location, and then you have access to all of that SaaS resources up in Microsoft Azure. So a really nice way to kind of connect those different systems and provide that hybrid cloud capabilities. I think a lot of our customers are probably going to want to try that out soon as well. Yeah, it really does bring everything together. Um, don't forget to follow us on the, uh, on the Twitters, at TNEdge. And uh, your Twitter is? At Simon Perryman. And I'm at Simonster. And also let us know what you'd like us to cover in future episodes down in the comments below. And you'll find links down there for everything that we've covered in the show today as well. Thanks so much. I'll be hosting next week where we're going to be taking a look at some of the new capabilities in Windows Server vNext. We'll see you soon. See ya.